0: Welcome to the League of Champs, an arena where we invite everyday athletes, coaches, and entrepreneurs to discuss the methodologies they use to affect change and achieve purpose. League of Champs sits at the intersection of mindfulness and sport with one intention, victory. Join us. What up? What up? Welcome to the league. Happy Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this. Um, I have Elisa Shankel. I believe I'm pronouncing your last name right from Heel House in Brooklyn on today. How are you doing? Welcome to the league, Elisa. Hi. Thank
1: you for having me. I'm. Just, I am. Oh,
0: go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, right quick. I you can tell I'm so excited to have you on. Um, but yeah, continue. My apologies.
1: Oh, i am i'm doing well this morning um you know it's there's a myriad of things going on but i feel like this morning i woke up i connected with my sister we had a grounding moment and i think it's it's very interesting how I it's not interesting but very normal how you know we can internalize things and deal with things by ourselves and as soon as you let it out and connect with someone where you can just release it yeah outside of yourself it's super powerful
0: that is and that is-
1: so we yeah, we definitely had that moment this morning. So that was that was great. So I'm feeling grounded right now.
0: That's amazing. That's great because it's it's not often. I mean, this year it's been tough, and difficult to get get to the ground, um, and sort of dig in. So quick quick background before we fully kick off. Um, yeah, like where where are you from? you know sort of give us a quick overview on bio I I unfortunately don't do bios much on on uh, the podcast so I let people sort of do their quick intro
1: yeah so just so just where I'm from
0: yeah where you're from where yeah yeah. yeah, where it started what do you do (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah so um I'm from outside of North Carolina um so I grew up in the countryside very rural surrounded by cotton fields grew up on the land growing our own food that type of thing so i'm from outside of charlotte in a small town called Oakboro, in north carolina um moved to charlotte when i was in middle school so i'm definitely a country girl <laughs> southern girl
2: yeah.
1: um but i'm also danish my mom is from denmark and that's very much a part of my culture and tradition as well oh. um and so moved got into art in high school took every art class possible um Knew I wanted to move to New York and go to design school. So that's what I ended up doing. I went to Pratt, that's how I made my way to Brooklyn. Um, I was in the interior design and architecture industry for about eight years. Wow. Um, and kind of started to entrepreneurship very quickly. Did a lot of commercial design, designed a lot of office spaces. Um, I designed probably you guys' favorite dating app, Hinge, was the last project I did. Oh, wow yeah before um actually i was doing that while i was opening heel house that's another funny thing i'm still working doing design work while i was opening heel house wow so that was an interesting first year it's pretty crazy yeah. but um i made the transition to um to wellness and i've been here now i've been in new york for 15 years so it's almost half my life which is really crazy but I made a transition to wellness, love design. I still feel like I'm designing every single day, especially with the work that I do, but knew that that wasn't going to be the bulk of, of my purpose and my mission in this, in this incarnation of being
2: here. Yeah.
1: Um, so that transitioned into being led to my to my purpose, which is community healing Yeah. and finding that You know, when I was in corporate, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety in my early 20s and discovered what therapy was, discovered holistic medicine and started to learn how to heal myself naturally and started sharing a lot of remedies and things with my community, my family members, and wondering why this information was not accessible to us. Wondering why are we not marketed, you know, things that are good for us that are natural instead of Cheetos and McDonald's and, and all of those things. And so, yeah, I'm sure that that leads into how did Heal House start, and maybe that's your next question. So yeah, because kind
0: of you know it. Your <laughs> yeah, what is Heal House, and how did it start? Yeah,
1: so I guess I'll continue the story. Um, so well, actually, actually, different-
0: I'll I'll pause you for one second and yeah. sort of preface that question, and like, where did your he- where did your healing journey begin? And like how did that I mean you sort of give us a little bit of background on that, but yeah, how did that then sort of transition into to Heal House?
1: Yeah, so um that was kind of the beginning part. The starting part was really understanding, you know, oh, what is anxiety? Like I feel like I'm you know, I'm having a panic attack at the bathroom at work. Like what is that? You yeah. know, and experiencing just feeling lost and and not motivated what is that oh this could be depression and really just you know that started out with my mental health journey then was recognizing these feelings that were that were incapacitating me and and understanding like how can I how can I manage this from a holistic perspective because yeah. for me it was never you know I was never into the idea of taking pharmaceuticals and each his own but for me it was always the holistic route and so I kind of sought out on my own to understand like how can I heal body mind and spirit so that was kind of the beginning um but as I grew in my my mindfulness practice my wellness practice I got into yoga I got into meditation um I started to kind of take a deep dive into different healing modalities and I think the not even I think the more defining moment was when I lost my brother three years ago was when everything took a big, like a, a, a huge shift and a huge turn as far as, okay, this is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And I'm either going to allow it to take me out or I'm going to use it as a catalyst for change. Yeah. Um, deep, like deep rooted healing and um, a commitment to that and and really working with different healers um i got reiki attune which is an energy healing practice which changed my life wow um and learning how to heal my heal my energy body heal trauma that was in my body as a result of you know the pain of losing my brother and then also just you know i can't talk about this process and this practice without talking about it through a spiritual lens, because everything for me is through a spiritual lens. So just growing deeper in my spirituality, my connection to my guides, which one of them is my brother and really tuning in and channeling um, the information that I needed to continue to do the deep healing work. So that was the beginning of my journey. And then shortly after that was kind of like the divine intervention of, okay, you know, this isn't your path anymore. Like yeah. you have to create something for the people, something that you need, that your brother needed when he was here, that our people need. And so Hill House was born out of, um, something outside of myself. And I often say it, it's still very much outside of myself.
2: Yep.
1: Um, it doesn't feel like it's mine to have or own. It definitely feels like it's for the community.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so that's uh, how I got there. As far as a on my mental health journey, my emotional journey, my spiritual journey.
0: Yeah, all the, all the journeys led to, to a house of healing, literally. Um, yeah. When did Heal House officially open? Um, we
1: opened in twenty eighteen, May of
0: twenty eighteen. Wow! So it's been yeah.
1: A, so we just celebrated our key year this
0: year. It's been a heck of a couple years, then, huh?
1: Yes, it really has. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, how how hard was it initially to like get the space open, do the thing, get the word word out? I mean, New York is unique in that way that um, you know, there's just, there's just so many people, but it's also challenging that way because there's so many people and so many offerings like how challenging was it in the beginning to not only just get the space and get open but then get people through the doors?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for a while, so I did have, um, I already had built in me the idea of jumping off a cliff, taking yeah. risks,
2: so mm-hmm.
1: the risk wasn't hard, It was, and, and even more, it wasn't hard because I knew it was, it was written, it was something that, like, I was supposed to facilitate with Darian, and having Darian's support, who's, like, the perfect business partner and the perfect balance of. I do what I do and I do it well and he does what he does and he does it well. So also just feeling like a strong support. Um, we didn't have a plan as to when we were going to open. We just kind of allowed things to flow as they were. And lo and behold, it was just something that ha- had to happen sooner than later. Yeah. Um, we came up with a name. I think it was 2017, October. Um, we found the space in February. And in 2018, and it, it just happened really quickly. We happened to find the space. We had everything we needed, and um, we were just like, okay, I guess this is it. And because I'm a designer, I was able to um, gather a team, which was dope. Our entire construction team were Black people. Amazing. Our furniture was built by a Black woman, designed by me, whole construction team, Black people, which was really amazing and tiring just even being a designer and artist and in, in architecture background and coming from a space that's predominantly white Yep. just building a place that was like for community with us was just it was just super dope yeah but um yeah that process was we built it out three months um was incredible um it's like there was a level of stress but because it was like mine it was like so I had this huge, like, motivation, inspiration, and joy of doing it.
2: Yeah. And also
1: just doing things I hadn't done before, like designing a commercial bar and kitchen and doing things to code and, like, by myself as opposed to doing it with someone else was um, – it was just a really beautiful challenge and being able to, to choose the things that I really love and to create. So built it out in three months, you know, so getting the licenses and the permits and all that stuff was a lot and, and
2: definitely very new. Yeah. Um, and real so quick, real quick for
0: those that don't, that don't know what is, cause you're talking about getting licensing and, and sort of the whole food service portion of it. Um, what is all within heel house? Just so for those that, that maybe are not so familiar can yeah. understand the space.
1: So In the front of the space is the storefront and that's our cafes. So in our cafe. We sell um, Hill House medicinal teas and elixir powders, which are coffee alternatives that I've been doing for years. Um, I stopped drinking caffeine eight years ago when I was in corporate because it was a big culprit of my anxiety, so I cut out coffee. Let me actually take that back. I cut out coffee. I don't drink much caffeine now, but I still do matcha and a couple things, but most of the things I drink are caffeine-free and using just medicinal herbs and roots. To um, elevate my natural energy system, so that's why I made something like our root coffee because it's a natural stimulant. It has um, carob and dandelion root, chicory root, similar notes of root coffee, but it's not going to give you a crash and burn like like caffeine or the or the jitters. Yeah. So it was you know our ginger turmeric was anti-inflammatory, um, our mocha mushroom, which is uh, really great for immunity and also energy. So like creating these different blends that you know, and replacing some of the things that we do daily that are inflammatory and are it's healthy for us. Yeah. So that's the cafe. The turmeric tea then, is
0: awesome, by the way. Get it if you can. Yeah. I love it. I'm a huge fan.
1: We are out of stock right now, but definitely still go on. I'm excited to be able to pre-order soon. Um, but yes, definitely keep our, our products. But, um, and then our, our membership is linked to our daily meditation classes, which we do seven days a week. Um, we also have workshops, which are Thursday through, uh, Friday through Saturday, sorry, Friday through Sunday, um, in the physical space. Um, and those are kind of deep dives, two hour deep dives into different healing modalities. And then we also have the private services on site. So that includes therapy, energy healing, astrology reading, naturopathic medicine. So the goal is to have a space where you can experience healing one-on-one, but also in community. Yeah, and where you can also even just want to come in and just get a coffee alternative and chill in the in the cafe. Like our goal is really for you to kind of discover and sort through what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of us like preaching what that is for you.
0: Totally, and and it's so I've I've been in a few times. It's an amazing space. The first time I was there was with, um, you guys were doing a workshop with what's Aldo's last name again?
1: Uh oh, Omar, Omar Davis.
0: Um, Aldo from Vice. Oh,
1: Aldo. Aldo. We're doing um, our healthy conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was amazing. I mean, it was packed to the brim in there, and the conversation and the dialogue was great. And then I think I did – it was like a heart-healing child meditation with, yes, Omar, which was also, like, such a wonderful experience. Um, And the space is is beautiful. And I feel like this year particularly – with everything going on with COVID, you've guys, you've been able to pivot and adapt really quick. How, how was that like for you? I mean, earlier in the year, come March, what was going through your head, and then like, how did you sort of figure out what were you what you were gonna do next?
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely a, a very crazy experience. Um, I actually just gotten back on my birthday trip I celebrated my birthday in February I went to Bali to visit my aunt and my cousin amazing and when I got back it wasn't but like not even a week later it was pretty crazy Um, so it was like I, I had come back from such a transformational peaceful trip that I feel like really prepared me for the challenges that were to come
0: how about that time
1: so right and that was definite divine timing for sure
2: yes
1: um and so when i got back and everything you know as you remember it hit really quickly and it escalated really quickly so it went from like oh like covid don't really know what this is it could really it could affect us so like let's do the precautions to actually we have to close our doors because you know this is what everyone else is doing and this is very real right yeah and so when that happens when that reality hit, it was devastating, of course, um, not knowing what was going to happen. And you're worried about your practitioners, your employees. Yeah. It's my first go-to. So I definitely had my cry in the kitchen breakdown moment, for sure. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, okay, you you did that. Now, like, let's get to it. Like, let's understand what it is that you have to do. And so right sat with it. I prayed about it. I asked for guidance. And it hit me what I needed to do. So um, we mobilized to get everything up that we could virtually. We got the the membership up in a week, which is daily yoga meditation classes. And then what followed after that were our workshops, our private sessions. Um, and we did a whole rollout with like donation programming to begin with. Um, for people to get a taste of what we were doing we shared with our network did a whole like marketing push yeah um and it went really well with the with the sign-ups and so that was you know our community really showed up which was really amazing and keep continue to show up and yeah i mean it was definitely we had to get it up quickly so you know redesigning our web like literally (laughs) redid our website like took all the studio stuff down wow Everything that's up right now is virtual. We wanted it to feel like a virtual studio experience. So we were very, like, particular about, like, what that looked like and very different than a lot of people's virtual experience. But that was what was important to us is, like, how can we recreate community as effective as possible in a virtual
0: experience? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, too, listening to your story and sort of hearing... um you know, your experience as a designer to hinge to even your trip to Bali and your, your whole spiritual process, I would imagine to, um, prepared you, even though it it was still difficult to prepare you. It sounds like for this quick transition, this ability to be adaptable. I mean, do you feel like that at all? I mean, just listening to your story, I can sort of hear some of those themes working through, but it sounds like for lack of a better term, yeah, you were, you were, those lessons in your, your sort of throughout your life really allowed you to use all those tools in the toolbox to, to adapt fairly quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I often tell people I had a whole like epiphany moment where I remember I was at Heelhouse House one day and I realized that I went to design school for Heel House. It wasn't for wow my career in design. Yeah. That moment where I was like, Actually, I was to design school to design this one space. Wow. And I even remember being in high school in my process and being like, I'm going to go to school for interior design, but not really understanding fully what that was. I was like, oh, I'm an artist, but I also don't, I want to, you know, make some money with it. And was like, how can I find that balance? And I was like, oh, I'll get into design and not really knowing what that was. Yeah. And it was so funny to have that moment of being like, oh, like, everything was leading up to this point of just designing this space and using these skills to support this movement, right? And yeah, so that's always been there to support me since COVID. And absolutely like same thing with Bali. I did not know why I needed to go to Bali for my birthday this year. I was like I've been wanting to go for years. My aunt was there for like fifteen years and my cousin just moved there and it was like this feeling of like, I have to go to Bali this year for my birthday, figure it out. And yeah, like I'm very much like that. I listen to my intuition to where I'm guided. And to get there is when I discover, well, when I'm in it is when I discover like, Oh,
2: that's why why
1: I came here. And I definitely went there for the purification, the cleansing, um, the preparations for, you know, what I was about to, to go through when I got back. So that was, really powerful and i do feel like i was supported um in that way and still like you know it's not over right It's like no, yeah we went far. through that first process of, of moving everything online but we're all still in it as yep. like navigating you know how we're going to get through everything
0: yeah And which is uh, so another quick point here is I'm fascinated by like that listening to your intuition and that, that curiosity and, and then trusting that, um, we've talked about it a little bit, um, here on the podcast, but what is that process like for you? Like, is it just like an inkling and then you sort of like get curious and you dig into that and then something just occurs and you're like, all right, I'm going to Bali and you just commit or I'm, I'm interested sort of like what your process is like through trusting your intuition.
1: Yeah, it's um it's honestly it's that it's part of it is that gut feeling of like you know I need to do this. I mean, I think I got I got used to risk taking and trusting like you know what I feel like my my I like to say my higher self is telling me. Yeah. A while ago. So that's not really difficult for me often like i'll be like oh i don't know why i need to do this but i just need to do it you know
2: yeah (laughs) and
1: part of it is like that gut feeling and then part of it is literally like you know channeling your ancestors speaking to your guys receiving information like through spirit um and that could be done through meditation um sitting with yourself listening to your inner voice um that's what it feels like for me and usually that's just that like wrenching feeling of like I need to do this or and I don't I mean I understand why but like I just need to do it yeah and
2: yeah
0: yeah. Do you feel like some of your, your daily processes, your daily modalities, if you would, the meditation, um, the Reiki work that you've been through, do you feel like that's allowed you or developed uh, a better relationship internally for yourself to be able to, um, explore and trust that curiosity? Um, yeah. Like is, has that been part of the process? Cause I think a lot of us, you know, we, we have those gut reactions, right. Or we have this intuition, but, um, oftentimes like our logical brain or, you know, we get very into circumstances or like what else is going on? And we are able to talk ourselves out of that natural intuition. I'm intrigued to, to wonder if you feel like your mindfulness practices have, have allowed you to trust um, that a bit more.
1: Uh, Yeah. It's a beautiful question. Um, Me, I am not perfect with my wellness journey. Like I have so many aspects that like, there's so many things I lean into at different times, but I'm always like, I should be more
2: consistent
1: because I know if this, I'm a, if I do this, I can feel great. So I'm, I'm always in the process of being kind to myself about how much I do, yeah. but I do something every day. Great point. It's, it's very much a lifestyle for me, but what it is every day is different. Yeah. Um, but I am in the process of like, for instance, like I had stopped my racing practice for a while and I've been practicing on myself again and when I do that it's everything like it's everything and then every time I'm like oh well why don't you do that more often you know yeah um so like doing that yes when I'm doing that more consistently consistently I'm healing myself when I'm getting up in the morning and the first thing I do is going to my altar and just tuning into what I need in that moment whether it's doing a reading for myself with my cards or like journaling or meditating, like whatever it is, like that, that space is sacred space for me to come to and cleanse myself and like call in what it is that I need in the moment. Yeah. So that's like definitely very powerful.
0: Yep. Powerful reminder there in the context of, of going to the altar in the morning and asking yourself what you need. I think a lot of times we can get caught up in, the um you know sort of habitual discipline like i wake up every morning and i meditate for 20 minutes yeah. and then i journal and right it, it's um, there's it, nothing
1: it actually stops you from doing it, it because of the expectations.
0: exactly and then you m- might shame yourself because then you're not doing it or if you do do it consistently in that way um maybe it's not necessarily in tune with what you need that day and the freedoms that you might need it's it's a powerful i mean all of those practices are a A form of internal inquiry. So it's like a powerful that you do get up and go to the altar and sort of say, okay, Hey, good morning. (laughs) What, what do you need today? Like, thank you for waking me up. But like, what's, what's going on today? What path do we need to take? Um, I know we only have a little bit of time left and I want to ask two important questions. You know, what has it been like navigating this health and wellness space as a person of color? And then, you know, more specifically, I know just from watching your social media over the last month, What's it been like over the last couple of months, as as Black Lives Matter has really, you know, pushed into ho- overdrive, and all these corporations and companies and people and brands, um, you know, want to attach themselves to uh, businesses like yours, you know, what has that relationship been like? So, um, what's it been like navigating the space, and then this last month, what's it really been like navigating uh, the space? Is obviously uh, everybody wants to talk to you.
2: Oh, that's such a load
1: of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, Navigating the wellness space as a black person is, well, let me say this, the wellness industry. Because, yes. and I honestly, I've been telling people, I don't even like the word wellness anymore. I've actually been using the word
2: healing. Yes. And Dope.
1: I'm actually interested in probably going to shift our language over to healing, like re-like market us as a healing space put on our, our like replace the word wellness in every aspect of our business yeah. because I don't associate with the wellness industry like I don't even pay attention to it I'm yeah. so like tunnel vision tunnel focus into what I do yep. because I don't resonate with it and, yeah. and it's also not built and created and marketed for me in my community so well said. I've always felt like that um, i You know, I've dealt with so many things that are so off that, and like when the pandemic hit, like seeing certain things that were happening and having time and space to really process and just being frustrated, you know, always frustrated about appropriation of different cultures or religions, wondering why like the medicine as people of color, as black people that we ancestrally have is exploited and used and, and not, Giving, we're not giving credit to, and you have, you don't have or hire black and POC people to do the work that is that is inherent to us, yeah. You know, or or highlight highlight us, um, amplify our voice. Like I just don't understand it, and it's been going on for a very long time. And I think now it's been really powerful and extremely overwhelming with all these companies are getting called out and like, you know, and I have, I have issue with like, why now? And I'm happy there's still a now, but also why now, and, yeah. you know, you are sharing these like big things about, you know, what you want to do different and what that accountability is like. What are you seeing as different, you know, on a deeper level yep. beyond people telling you and have been telling you, but now, because it's such a public and surface thing, feel the urgency
2: yeah. to correct. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of frustration there. There's a lot of confusion for me and has been, and also just around supporting black businesses all of a sudden. And, but I'm, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing more peace into it because, and grace into it because it really, like when all this shit hit, I literally was like, what is happening? Like it was, yeah, very confusing and and harmful like and a lot of you know like you mentioned like a lot of emails i was getting and people reaching out like really crazy shit where i'm like what it's like and you're still asking me to do this for free and you're still asking me like yeah and it's and it's just like um it's such a uh disconnect from what you're saying that you want to do differently but i'm still telling you so with that urgency you know i've just been very mindful of and observing like what's performative what's really like real and integrated and and also challenging folks right challenging brands like now when i'm having conversations and having you know before probably wouldn't have shared because for us black people, it's always been like, "How do I make this a little bit more palatable for you?" Yes, you know, like, yep. like even and like, even me, like, still very unapologetic, but still, I'm still making this palatable.
2: Yeah, yeah, But yeah.
1: now I'm like, nope, no, <laughs> not one single bit. I'm like, no, actually, let's do this because this is about amplifying our voice. And how about we have this call to action? Cause
2: yeah. this
1: is about you. This is about me. Yeah, and. And about my brand and my community, like, you know, and just being more clear yeah. and being more um, just like vocal about what we deserve, you know, totally. and what that looks like from totally. a partnership perspective. And also like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing differently? And holding people accountable It's like that, I will say, has been extremely powerful to witness and yeah. to be able to assert myself in that way, when for years it's been like, how do I make myself smaller to get this gig or to to get this, you know, this thumbs up or affirmation, you know? And it's and so that's been like um, a very interesting thing to navigate, but also empowering.
0: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things you touched on, I think, you know, that accountability piece is huge, because it's one thing to make these phone calls and reach out to, you know, people of color, uh, the black community and want to engage and, and utilize those voices. But what are you actually doing from a actionability standpoint? You know, how are you really changing your organization internally? I mean, you know, you can call and talk to me as much as you want and, you know, utilize my voice, but like, what change are you actually making? And then to, you know, something else you touched on is I don't think, uh, you know, people understand when doing that outreach, it's like, it's, it can be as a black person, you're forced to deal with these issues in every single email, right? Like just the heaviness of, you know what we're talking about why people are reaching out we're talking about you know death we're talking about the plunder of black and brown bodies and mind you you know the intention to create change is i think in the right place we can have a debate and dialogue about that but just with that to to your point about taking on energy what that can be like sometimes because you're constantly you to your point you you have to be the one to set the boundaries to say, "No, don't do this, do that and it it unless you are grounded unless you are going to that altar in the morning um it can be it can be a heavy process to to carry that energy um, on a daily basis. So I commend you for doing that work. I know our time is, is up here. I just have one last question, which is a Mm -hmm. little, a little bit loaded as well. What does the future look like? And I don't think you have to go six months or a year into the time, into uh, time, but you know, what does the next few months look like for you and Heal House and what you guys have going on? Yeah. I
1: mean, the next few months look like, look like, um, figuring out our transition yeah. um you know we're supposed to be in space four, but we're not anymore and they put space for on hold so like really understanding like when is that time period that we could potentially open heel house and really yeah. just trying to hold on to our physical space because yeah. it's extreme importance that we feel of holding on to our physical space but also doing the real hard realities of of that looks like right now yep. you know and, and especially being a black-owned business and so figuring out that transition we're also going to also keep the digital alive um our goal was to always start the digital component yeah. but it's just kind of forced us to do it sooner
2: yep.
1: and you know figuring out what that next phase looks like what does that next phase of of the digital component look like hopefully moving into doing a beta app because that's our goal is to have everything on an app yeah. Um, and yeah, so like that exploration of that super exciting and, and looking forward to explore that, um, and continuing to do what we do and like yeah. having more and wanting to do more community events. Um, we've been doing, you know, I'm, I'm going to be back to my healthy conversation series virtually. I had to take a little break cause I just needed to take care of self. Um, but looking forward to that again, we're also going to be starting, um, a, a therapy fund, uh, where people can ha- have access to free therapy and raising money for that. So that's something, um, we're going to be launching soon, which we're really excited about. And Amazing. so just constantly, you know, re envisioning, re-imagining, um, and just trying to, to navigate this time.
0: Yeah brilliant. I mean, it's, it's a lot of powerful work and I commend you not easy at all. Um, I think you guys have found a way to continue to be adaptable. And it sounds like, uh, I'll say again that, yeah, a lot of your life experiences, uh, you know, prepared you so much for the moment right now, even though, uh, that sounds super beautiful and eloquent. I know that's not always easy. (laughs) Um, but I just, I'm watching from afar and being in the space, uh, I'm. I commend you, and I'm super proud of you guys for being able to continue to adapt. And wish the coming months are well, and that you can continue to grow. Because the work that you're doing so powerful and just so needed, especially in the healing space. Um, as a person who has, you know, watched and learned and been on a journey, uh, over the last you know decade or so, maybe longer, of mindfulness and and so on and so forth. There's not, um. A lot of people that look like us so i'm so happy to be a part of your community and thank you so much oh, thank you for jumping on today i, n- I know we've been of back course. and forth you've been busy but i finally we were finally able to get on so thank you so much yes and so uh super happy yeah hopefully when i'm back in new york as soon we get a chance to connect i look forward to the space reopening and yeah we'll talk to you soon elisa
1: Same. thanks for having me
0: no problem enjoy the rest of your day me too.